Turn with me in your Bibles to John, the 13th chapter, verse 34 and 35. I pray that you brought your Bibles. No one should come to church without their word. Amen. Not in a time in which we live and the world is shaking all around us, earthquakes in diverse places. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon, church. The news people say, well, this is just natural for us to have a lot of earthquakes because they don't want to give the Bible credit that in the last days, right before Jesus comes, there will be earthquakes in diverse places. They had one just the other day in Salt Lake City, outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. Didn't destroy anything, but it shook. Jesus is coming soon. Our Bible says here in the 34th chapter of St. John 13, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love what? That you love who? As I have told you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. John 13, verse 34 and 35. Today I want to share with you, and it's quarter to 12, and I know you normally get out at 12, but I'm going to keep you about a little after. Is that all right? You won't run out on me, will you? God is going to bless you. I want to share with you one of the most important subjects to be found in the Word of God. Everything in the Bible points to this subject. And that is love. Most people enjoy talking about love. Most people like hearing about love. It seems to bring a smile to most faces when people talk about, I'm in love. My mother, my, my wife's grandparents, uh, they're up in age and they have been married now for 68 years. I asked my wife's grandfather, I said, how did you do it? He said, I just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> but it brings a smile to people's faces when you say, you've been married 68 years. Something about love. Valentine's Day, the biggest time of the year for people to express love. I don't know why we have to wait till Valentine's Day, but... People wait and they buy roses. You can't, even give, you can't even get into the C's candy store. You go up there to C's and the line is out the door. And they're passing out the goodies and I'm standing there trying to get the free goodies. Something about love. I don't care if you're in the world or in the church. There's something about love Love makes the world go around. I enjoy being in love. I enjoy giving love. But to be a great lover, listen to me today. To be a great lover, you must be a person who can give love. You have to be unselfish as a giver. This is why most people never experience true love. Because they themselves do not know how to be loving. 
is because they themselves were never loved. We develop all these misconceptions about what love is. You have people in the world today and some even in the church when they see Brad Pitt. Oh, I love him so much. They see Russell Crowe. Oh, I'm just madly in love with Russell Crowe or George Clooney. The men, Raquel Welch, back in the days, Marilyn Monroe, they were just madly in love. How are you going to be in love with these people? They don't know you. It's not love, it's lust. Amen. We have all these misconceptions about what love is, but my Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. There it is. Love is an action word. You have to be a giver. God so loved the world that he gave, and he gave his son, and he gave it with no other motive but because he loved us. And that's why for some of us, loving is easy. Some of you sitting here, no problem. Some of you find much joy in giving. You, you, you find satisfaction. It's very fulfilling for you to give. But for others, giving is drudgery. Giving is painful. Even in church, when it comes to giving, a, oh man, they're going to ask me for some more money. Yes, it's not yours anyway. God gave it to you for you to be a steward over it. He didn't give it to you for you to hold on to. God said, prove me, and he will take care of you. He will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. I know a man in my church, Pastor, that he won't even buy a new car. He and his wife make good money. He's a physical therapist. His wife is an RN. He buys used cars that he gets from either Hertz or Enterprise or something, and he keeps them up. And I said, why won't you buy a brand new car? He said, because my money is to use to help the kingdom of God. He takes his money and invests it into the things of God. This is why so many relationships go bad. There are just too many people in relationships today because they want to see what they can get. What can the other person do for me? I want you to listen to me today. There are people who are looking for a wife or looking for a husband just to keep them company. I'm tired of being alone and I need someone to keep me company. We have people today that says, I want a husband because I'm tired of trying to do this thing by myself and I need help. How many times do we hear someone say that I want a wife or a husband because I have so much to give? Think about it. This is why people have so many problems. Because they're always looking, what can I get out of it? What's in it for me? This is why many people don't volunteer for something. Because it's like, what am I going to get out of it? If we were to say, well, we're going to pay you $100 every time you go, hey, I'll go. What am I getting out of it? Love has nothing to do with it. I've heard people say, well, I want a man who has a good job. Today in this world, just be grateful he has a job. 
If he's working at McDonald's, thank you, Jesus. Amen, somebody. Most of the things around us exemplify this type of lifestyle. Just get what, it, what I can. What does it profit me? I'm so grateful that Jesus Christ is not like that. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is a great lover. Why? Because he's always giving. He's unselfish. And I'm here today, church, to say to you, we must change our attitudes We've got to change our attitude towards those who have been enslaved to sin. I'm here to ask you, those that say you love the Lord, we sung about it this morning, we pray about it. I'm asking you to please think about it. We have to change our attitude towards the person we see walking the street with a short dress on. We need to change our attitude towards those that have been enslaved by drugs, those that are in prison. The homosexual community, yes, we don't condone the sin, but we're saying that we must learn to love them. Stop turning our back on them. Remember this, the enemy did that to them. Oh, yeah. Think about it. When your child, if your child, if your child were to go astray, would you look down your nose at your child? Some people do. Some people when their child mess up, they find that person still the scum of the earth. But there are parents that when their child messes up, they say, Lord, please. Do you know, church, there's only two spirits in the world, good and evil. And if we took the devil out of the equation, you wouldn't have any prostitute. Hello. You wouldn't have any drug addict. Hello, lights. You wouldn't have anybody in prison. So whenever we see someone who's caught in these type of lifestyles, remember it is the enemy that did that to them. They are God's children, and they need to be restored. Amen, somebody. Amen. They need to be restored. I'm tired of riding down the street, and when I see certain things on the news or see certain things on the street that I begin to look at, no, I need to look at the devil. It is him that did this. Don't tell me that you love the Lord, but you can't love others. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about how we as a church say that we love Jesus, but we can't love others? There are people sitting in this church that don't even love the person sitting next to them. Just look straight ahead. Don't look, at, don't look to the right or to the left. Just look straight ahead. There are people in churches that don't even love the person next to them. I know it's difficult sometimes to love certain people. I work with people all the time that is hard to love. But God says, I'm giving you a new commandment that you are to love one another as I have loved you. And by this, if you do that, by this, all men will know that you belong to me. Why? Because you are showing love one to another. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. What about you? And I don't know, but we have to be more loving, church. We have to be more loving. We have the greatest message. I'm very proud to be a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm very proud of what we have as far as our doctrinal beliefs. But we have to be more loving. 
That's why some people don't even like to volunteer for things because they don't love other people. Brother Ashley, I don't want to feed the homeless. Oh, oh my goodness, no. I don't want to go in that neighborhood. Oh my goodness, no. Why? Why? Love is the key. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Mothers and fathers of this church, hear me. Mothers that are sitting here, fathers that are sitting here, hear me. There are young people in this church who may be here today, who may not be here, that are starving to tell you certain things. They are hurting deep down inside to share certain things with you, and they don't want to tell you, you know why? You know why they don't want to tell you when they should be able to talk to mom or dad as their best friends? You know why? Because they have watched you. They have listened to our words and how we have beat up on people. They have watched us not show no love or compassion for people sometimes in the church and definitely outside the church. And so they feel inside that, man, if I share with my mom or dad what I'm going through, they're going to look down at me. We don't even many times speak to our young people when we walk up in church and we see them in the hallway. How many of us walk up to a young person and say, good morning, how are you? Think about it. The treasure for 3ABN used to be the treasurer for the Southern California Conference, one of the under-treasurers. He's now the treasurer for the 3ABN network. And I met Brother Hamilton and his wife because his son killed uh, the, one of the workers out there at Camp Cedar Falls. And he shot the lady uh, last year in November. This kid was raised in an Adventist home, raised by a mom and dad who was raised as Adventists themselves. When I met Brother Hamilton and his wife, the conference office, Southeastern, contacted me and said, we need Touch of Love to go see this young man. He's at the county jail. We're going to give you his parents' phone number. And when I contacted them, and they were crying on the phone, and I began to share with them what I think God is doing, and that is that God is going to use this experience to save your son. And they fly out, fly out here from time to time, and, I, and I'm sure this is one of the reasons why we've been invited to go on 3ABN, but the father said to me something very profound, Pastor. He said, you know, Brother Ashley, we, we don't know where we went wrong. He said, but I believe, and I'm paraphrasing this church, I believe that we went wrong because, number one, he said, Back in the days, as the treasurer for Southern and being in the church all these years, he said, I could care less about somebody in prison. He said, when they would talk about prison ministry, I'm like, eh, why be bothered with that? He said, but now that my son is facing life, and the newspaper said that he had planned to kill everybody at Camp Cedar Falls. You know how heartbreaking this is and devastating this is to this family? Are we missing the mark as parents by not maybe allowing our children to see compassion 
for those that are a little different? Do they feel comfortable enough to come to us and talk with us? You know, one thing, Lou, I love about my daughter is that she feels comfortable enough with dad. She doesn't feel this comfortable with mom, but with dad, I'm like her dad, but I'm also her friend. And yeah, man. And she'll share things with me that she won't tell mom. And when she shares things with me that may be a little weird, I talk her through it and I don't come down on her because I want to leave that door open. Hello. I want to leave the door open that she knows that, hey, dad is okay that I can come talk to him. She's only 13 now, and she's at that point where she wants to be independent. I can't hug her in public anymore. Dad, stop. You're wigging me out. <laughs> you know, stop. And then we go to the amusement park. Why are you screaming like that? Because the ride is scaring me. <laughs> but you're going to make everybody think you're crazy. I don't care what they think. <laughs> you know? We have to love. We have to love. My daughter knows that I love her. That's the key. We can win more people to Christ. This church could be overflowing. We can win more people to Christ than, than any doctrine we have through love. People need to be loved. On your job, here in this church, when you're out there doing things for the Lord, because it is love, it is that agency that will change the heart. You can tear down barriers that might be there through love. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you will show love, love one to another. One of the things I told these people that are working in our fellowship service, they're all ex-convicts. Yes, and they're so happy that they have their own unique service. I wish you would come sometime and just see the freedom that they have in the Lord. To see the ushers who were once in prison dressed in black and white with their white gloves Amen. I wish you could see that when they're doing the altar prayer and they're reading the scripture reading and the welcome, these are all ex-offenders. And I told them that one of the things that I want them to remember is even though we are a unique service, I want love to be expressed from the pulpit to the door. Amen. From the door to the pulpit. What am I saying? I said, I want you to be as kind and loving as possible. Even if someone is a little, uh, you know, being a little rude or something, just love them. You know one of the greatest things that Nordstrom has going for it? Is that Nordstrom and even Walmart, I think, has got this thing going, is that they know how to just be overly kind. You come back and you don't have your receipt and they still work with you. Customer service. They go out of their way to make you feel special and important. That's what draws people to you. Love them to death. Love them to death. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you care about going to heaven, then I want you to change your attitude. When next time you see a prostitute, Look down your nose at her. Get upset with the devil. Because when God looks at her, he may be looking at the next usher in this church. He may be looking at the next female elder. Amen. When you hear and look at these homosexuals and their lifestyle bothers me, 
but I know that they can change. But they must be loved through it. I have some that come to our fellowship services. I want to love them through it. I don't, I don't agree with their sin, their lifestyle, no way. But I know that if they stay under the anointing, if they stay under the love and prayers of the people, that God will peel it off. We want to, as many times, we want to take the fish and scale them ourselves. God said, bring the fish to me, and I'll scale it off. Amen. Amen. I want to share something with you. That if you want to go to heaven, and if you truly know that what I'm saying today is important, I want you to look at a few scriptures, and we're going to let you get out of here. It's about 5 after 12. I want you to turn to 1 John. 1 John. I want you to change your attitudes today towards the homeless. Remember as you turn there, Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. That I want you to love others as I have loved you. He says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you will show love one to another. I want you to look at this in 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to start with verse 7. If you have it, say amen. If you don't have it and you're still turning, say wait. Amen. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now, can you tell me that you know God when you can't show love to others? Now, this is the word of God. This is not Ashley saying this. Let's go on. I'm coming down your alley today. I may step on some toes, but we are about on the break of Jesus coming, and we need to stop playing games. We need to get this thing together. He that loveth not, this is a deep verse right here. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is what? Let me read this to you and amplify. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him. Woo, God is love. Now that's deep. Says here that when a person doesn't love, they never knew God, they weren't acquainted with God. Oh my God, let's go on. Number nine, in this was manifested the love of God towards us. Because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Here is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be a petition for our sins. Because, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another... God dwells in us, and his love is perfect in us. Now, wait a minute. This, to me, is saying that we stand in church and we sing about the love of God, and now, oh, how I love Jesus. 
But the Bible is saying, how can you love God whom you have never seen? How can you confess that I love Jesus who died for me? But God is saying, you've never seen him, but those that I made in my image, you don't even love them. Let's go on. This is deep. I want you to look at verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Look at verse, let me read verse 18 in the Amplify. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfected love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. I don't want to go in there. I'm scared. I don't want to touch them. They, they don't look like me. God says that's not him. That's not him. Look at verse 19 as we get ready to close. We love him because he first loved us. Verse 20. If a man says, I love God, and he hates his brother, he's a liar. He's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? My God. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. Loved ones, hear me. This is powerful. If a man says that he loves God and hates his brother, he's a liar. He's a liar. For he that loveth his brother, for he, for he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God? How can he love God? whom he's not seen. We've got to change our attitude. We've got to stop looking at people like the scums of the earth. They're God's children. We've got to show them love. Jesus came to show us love. Just think about it. I titled this message today, What's Love Got to Do With It? If I were to ask you that question right now, what's love got to do with it? Your answer and response should be to me, everything. Touching people with love. Touch of love. God spared nothing to save you and me. Thanks to God, he is still 
showing love. When you screwed up the other day and you had a bad thought, God still loved you. When someone cut you off in the traffic and you got a little angry, God still loved you. When your mate mistreated you, God still loved you. How can we say that we love God? We've never seen him. But you have people in this church. You have people out there. We have people in the county jail. They're God's children. The devil set them up. And the devil will do the same to any of us if we don't stay close to God. He's no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of persons. I want to change our attitudes. Be saved. And we have to love people. Pastor, we have to love them to death. They get on our nerves, but we have to love them. We don't like what they're doing, but we have to love them. There was a man who was homeless. And he lived, well, he didn't live anywhere. He was homeless, but he stayed by an Adventist church. I'm going to say he's just stayed by a church because I don't want you guys to start trying to figure out the church. This man, oh, his stench is horrible. And every time he would see that pastor, give me some money, can I get some money? Pastor would reach in his pocket and give him some. Everybody in the neighborhood knew the man. One day, the pastor was done preaching, and he had a lady up giving a testimony about the love of God. And just like this church here, George, the homeless man, the one who stunk real bad, opened up the doors of the church and started coming down the aisle. And the pastor said, oh, no, (laughs) not now. And people were looking at the lady talking, but the pastor's already spotted George coming down the aisle. And the pastor said, oh, no, not now. George, no, no. And the, the pastor said, George, look, I'll give you some money later. George looked at that pastor. He said, look, I don't want your money. He said, I don't want your money. I'm about to die out here. Why don't you give me that Jesus that she's talking about? He said, I'm about to die. The pastor said he felt so bad that he took George and he hugged him. He said he had never hugged him before. And all that stench turned to a sweet aroma. Pastor's crying. George is standing there crying. Pastor said, George, come here, deacons. Take care of him. They took him to the hospital. They put George in the hospital and began to bandage up his wounds. He went through detox. The pastor said, George, you're welcome at this church. I want you, George, to come and clean up the church for us. We'll give you a few dollars. Then they found the place for George to stay. Members in the church began to show George love by saying, George, come eat dinner with us. They begin to take him home. After a year, 
Not only was George baptized and became a deacon in the church, but now he was dating one of the sisters in the church. Boy, God knows how to turn this thing around. He's all cleaned up. He's got on a shirt and tie. Deacon George. Later on, he married that sister. He's still in the church today. What a mighty God we serve. What did it? Love. Love. Do you really want to be saved? Do you come to this church every Sabbath just because you just have been trained to do that? Or are you coming because you're drawing closer to God because you know that Jesus is coming? When Lou stands up here and talks about prison ministry, some of you tune in out. If you were to go into that county jail with him, please don't stop playing. You would see the hopelessness of these men. When they file into that room, maybe only three or four of them, but they need love. What if it was your son or daughter? Wouldn't you want somebody to reach them? Just like Brother Hamilton said to me, Ashley, I need somebody to go talk to my son. I tell you, I admit to you that I could care less about prison ministry all the years I worked in the conference. Come on 3ABN and tell the world what this ministry is doing. He said, now I want to do prison ministry. I have a different outlook now that my son is in prison for life. Somebody here today, you have heard the voice of God. I have two appeals. It's 20 after 12, and I don't want you to panic about time. Because when you get to heaven, you're going to be keeping the Sabbath, and you're going to be in church longer than two hours. Amen. When you get to heaven, you're going to be in church longer than two hours. So I'm just trying to give you some practice now. Amen. If there's anyone here that hasn't accepted Jesus, I refuse to go into any church without giving someone a chance to accept the Lord. Because I believe in miracles. Every time I go to speak in a prison, in a church, wherever, I believe that God is working miracles. Is there someone here? that wants to accept Jesus today. If you are, then I want you to come and join me down front. Oh, sins and griefs to bear. Oh, privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Is there one? Okay, those of you that are here today and you heard God speaking to you, and you said, Lord, the man of God is right. I need to be more loving. I need to be more loving, Lord, because I've been guilty of driving by, seeing certain people and turning my nose up at them. I've looked at certain people and said, oh, how disgusting. And I didn't put the blame on who it should have been on, and that's the devil. Take the devil out of the equation. You don't have any prostitutes. We don't have any gangs. We don't have any prisoners. Take the devil out of it. He's the one who did it. Remember that. It was him. If you've heard God's voice today and you want to be more loving, I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are.
If you've heard God's voice and you say, Lord, I want to be more loving. What's love got to do with it? Everything. By this, I give you a new commandment. That you will love one another. And by this shall all men know. Everybody's going to know that you are my disciple, Jesus says. Why? Because you show somebody some love. It's not our doctrine. It's love. Pastor, I want you to pray. I want you to pray, Pastor, for your church. I want you to pray for us as people. We're some messed up people. We really are. Some of us are doctors, lawyers, we got degrees, and some of us are well off, but we're some messed up people when it comes to the things of God. And God is no respecter of persons. I want to be saved. You have heard the message, you have heard the words, the calling. And now we are going to talk to God, the one who is a provider of that love, the one who wants to live in your heart. Let's close our eyes and let's pray. Loving Father, at this moment, you are seeing the Church of Orange standing. Because we realize that as human beings, it's so difficult and so hard to accept that we need to love our neighbors. We need to love everyone. Yes, Lord. We need to practice that love and other in, in such a way that others are going to see that you are alive in our lives. Yes, 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 Lord. Please help us. At this moment, I want to ask for you, through your Holy Spirit, to touch those souls who they know that love needs to be alive in their lives. Yes, please. Allow the Holy Spirit to touch them. To make them recognize that it's time to go back to the Father, the source of love. Because the second coming is here. The end times are here. And these are times in which we have to recognize that we need to be in peace with others. Yes. And we need to be in peace with you. Please, Lord. Doesn't matter who we are and where we are coming from, we all need you. Yes. Forgive all of our sins. Bring us down if it's possible to understand that even though we are down close to the dust of the earth, you are going to stretch your hand, your arm, and you are going to touch us with a touch of love. Yes, that you want to give us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As we leave this place, mm -hmm. we want to ask for your presence, for your Holy Spirit to keep working on us. Yes, please. So we can reach others with the love, the same love that you used to reach our hearts. Yes. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen. Amen. Please be seated and remain reverent. 3.30, listen to me. 
And I, I don't like when we have a lot of movement, even in the prisons, I teach them to remain reverent till we've had the benediction. Because God in this quietness, in the stillness, is talking and moving upon the hearts of his people. I don't want you to forget this message today. What's love got to do with it? Everything. And remember the text that said, how can we love God whom we've never seen but not love those next to us? This afternoon at 3.30, please come back and hear Roxanne and Katrina. Powerful, powerful testimony. You will shout that, oh my God, how real thou art, how great thou art. I'm going to ask you, as we did last year, this team here has been working for a year. And all of you are intelligent people and you know it takes money to do anything. And so we're going to ask you to give a love offering. Some of you sitting here won't come back to get involved. Maybe you'll come back and hear the testimonies. But those of you that are going to come back this afternoon to get involved, I'm going to share with you some do's and don'ts about going into the institution and how to write and things like that. Get you trained, orientated to go in. But many of you that are on our mailing list, you, you, you have received letters all year. I'm going to ask the deacons or someone to pass out an envelope to everyone here. And I want you to give something today. Many of you may never go into the institutions. Lou, these envelopes are up here. Do we have them already? They have them already? Okay, I need someone to pass them out then, Lou. Um, I want you to give something today. Make this your contribution towards prison ministry and say, Lord, through love, I'm giving something. They're right there. Let me just have a word of prayer. I don't know. Maybe you can, you'll find something on here that you can give. I want you to be, make a, I'm going to have a prayer first, and then we're going to collect these at the door. So we're not going to belabor the service belonging any longer. But make a sacrifice in giving today. You know, there, there's $5 on here and there's $10, but maybe you can give more than that. Maybe you can give $100. Maybe you can give 50 Help this ministry to help those and to help your local team here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this offering that's about to be collected. Lord, help them to give today out of love that we're trying to reach the Roxanne's and the Katrina's of the world. Help us, oh God, as your people, to return back, which already belongs to you, a nice love offering, Lord. And I thank you for this. In the worthy name of Jesus, amen. And then we'll like to, uh, we're going to give these uh, men to everyone in the church. We're going to start at the back and pass them out to everyone. Okay, he's going to give on. Can you give envelopes to everyone in the church first, and then we'll have our benediction? Take a moment. If you're writing a check, make it payable to Touch of Love or New Beginnings, whichever is on your envelope. And then we're going to have some deacons at the door to collect these. Maybe you've been blessed enough where you can give $100, $500, I don't know. But whatever you can give, we need it. And know that it's going to be used by your team here, as well as the ministry at large. So those of you that are on my mailing list, if you'd like to um, make up for all year and you haven't given anything, please do. 
If you want to be added to our mailing list and get our, our newsletter periodically, um, then mark yes, add me and saying that you want to stay in touch with this ministry. I want to thank you again. Thank you, Pastor, so much. We got out of here at 1230, and um, hopefully they'll come back at 330. Thank you so much. We'd like to collect these at the door. Thank you.